Hey, Michael here. Welcome to Acquisitions Anonymous, the internet's number one podcast about small business, buying, selling, operating, and talking. And we do some talking for sure this episode. Uh, Mills called in from Austin, just up the street from me. Uh, and we talked about a pretty interesting deal um, and a listing that was perhaps one of the worst written ones um, that we've ever seen. But we think we know what this business does. And we dug into it anyway, uh, which made it a ton of fun. We talked about the insurance markets, uh, recovering money, all those kinds of things. Lots of learnings that I thought was really cool. And uh, we had a good time doing it. So here is the episode. Today's sponsor is Acquira.com. And Acquira is your acquisition in a box service. They offer training to help you find, evaluate, and close on buying a small business, all usually done within a year. And their team has bought over 30 businesses across three different portfolios. So whether you're just beginning your business search, actively pursuing a specific deal, or looking to grow your existing company, Acquirer's training and team of experts can help. Their M&A advisors provide individualized support throughout the entire process. They will provide guidance towards your offer structure, drafting your LOI, helping with due diligence planning, and securing funding for your deal. They will even fly out and do on-site visits with you as you look at the business to consider. Once you acquire your business, they can also help you grow it as well. They use a proprietary framework called the ACE framework that will help you transition that business you buy from owner-operated to management-led, increasing your profits and allow you to step away from the daily operations and enjoy more of what you love. And if more of what you love is buying and growing more businesses, they can help you build a portfolio of businesses and eventually get liquidity from that portfolio by selling it to a financial buyer or selling it to your employees. They run cohorts each month, so space is limited. So if you're looking to acquire a cash flowing business this year, sign up now at acquira.com slash pod hyphen lander. And again, that's acquira, A-C-Q-U-I-R-A dot com slash pod hyphen lander. And tell them that the Acquisitions Anonymous folks sent you. <laughs> Mills, buddy, where are you today? Austin, Texas, right up the road from you. Did you, you didn't even drive down here to see me? How far is it? I don't have a car, so I was thinking you would come to me. It's like 70 miles. I don't go to Austin very often. I don't like driving up there. Come on, man. Come see me. We'll have a taco. I've heard this is like between between San Antonio and Austin. This is where I should get a good taco, right? Uh, the whole San Antonio-Austin taco thing is so lame. And I think it's the worst look on San Antonio because every year, San Antonio, there's some like stupid like Texas Monthly or like eater.com thing about who has the best tacos and like Austin wins primarily because nobody from outside of Texas realizes there's a fourth city in Texas <laughs> called San Antonio. <laughs> and, uh, and then San Antonians make like a huge deal about it, like a huge deal about it. Like oh, our tacos are the best, like number one in your face, Austin, that's so wrong, whatever. And then, you know, Austin does the worst possible response. They just say, we don't care. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's the retort. And like, it makes San Antonio just look weak. And that's why I'm like, oh, we can't do this anymore, guys. Like, just just shut up about the tacos. Just make the best marketing for your city, for your tacos, whatever. Just make excellent, good tacos and food, and people will figure it out. Otherwise, shut up. Who cares what Eater.com thinks? Like, big deal. So does that mean you're coming to see me today, tomorrow? I'll be here till Sunday. Uh, what are you doing? Are you like at a conference or what? Yeah, yeah, a roofing conference. Oh, roofing conference. That must be a banger. Yeah, they are wild. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they probably are, but I'm not I'm not I'm not here for that. I'm speaking. <laughs> oh, good for you. What is it? what is your topic? Uh it's about workforce development. 
we've been doing some stuff inside the Department of Corrections, uh, training people who are incarcerated and then giving them a job when they get released. And we've been doing a lot of that with this manufacturer. It's a manufacturer's conference, but it's cool. Very nice. Okay. Well, cool. We have a listener uh, now for the actual topic of the podcast. <laughs> we have a listener that sent us a deal today. Um, and I looked at the first half of it and it looked good enough for us to do on the episode. So I hope you appreciate the level of diligence and prep that I've put into this podcast every week. Just this thumbnail picture at the top, this banner picture, it looks, it looks like it's like a disaster remediation or something like that, but it's insurance. So, (laughs) oh yeah, I just looked at that. So I'll, I'll read it since I haven't pulled up. Um, it's from pro Nova partners and it is a business that is for sale. Um, and I guess ProNova is probably a business broker of some sort. And for those of you on YouTube, you can see that they have chosen a very unfortunate kind of background um, for this business. And it looks like kind of something you'd imagine in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then they have this weird kind of whatever this thing is here that looks like junk. Um, so a website error. And then it says niche insurance consulting firm for sale sold by agent Rick Carlson. The asking price is best possible offer. They do 2.1 million a year in revenue and adjusted net revenue is $858,000. So 2.1 million in revenue, 858,000 in net. Um, it is, so it's listed as a niche insurance consulting firm with extensive experience, New York, New York, New York County. Seller financing available is, if the price and deal structure is right, zip code one double O. Double one asking price, best possible offer, revenue 2.1 million, cash flow 860,000. No EBITDA, no inventory, and established in 1990 with 10 employees. A business description Pro Nova Partners is pleased to present this exceptional insurance claims recovery service enterprise that specializes in two very specific enterprise or two very specific insurance related verticals. The firm has a number of in house attorneys and a large team of A players that are ready, willing, and able to scale. With either a strategic buyer or a well, what? Okay. Well supportive capital partner that is looking for a platform in the property and casualty world in general or the workers' compensation world specifically to capitalize and grow. Historically, the company has a solid sales team, but more recently, the company has essentially obtained all of their clients based on passive inbound leads from their websites and referrals from either current and past staff or former existing clients. The decision not to actively continue to market relates entirely to the age and goals of the owners who chose to keep the business active, but to focus on dividend versus growth. Significant expansion opportunities exist for a buyer with a good marketing engine. There are a large number of insurance carriers that should be using the company, which is predatorated over a small fraction of the market. Okay, so I'll pause there. Um, So I just read that, and that appeared to be a lot of words. Do you know what this business does? No, still don't know. But you know what I'm prepared for? Declining revenue. (laughs) <laughs> their their revenue has been on a downtrend and they're just getting it out there. Here's why. Yeah, this is a bizarre listing. Um, so, I mean, it, it at first it sounds kind of like what the guys um, who are like the personal injury attorneys do here in, in San Antonio and Texas. Is it that way in South Carolina also? Does the market kind of work the same? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you see these guys with these billboards and it's like, we treat you like family. And in reality, what it is, is they have a bunch of paralegals who sue insurance companies all day and shake them down for settlements and then keep half the money and give the other half the money to, you know, to poor unsuspecting people, um, which is, which is a fascinating business. And I didn't really understand how it worked by the way, until like an, another one of my buddies has a business next door to one of these like shakedown artists. And, um, 
I went, I went like, like walked around the office. There was like a bunch of glass and I could see what was going on. There's like cubicle after cubicle of paralegals who all they do is like shake down business owners like you Mills. How do you feel about them? Uh, <laughs> this, I'm just, I'm just gonna plead the fifth. There's, there's a segment, right. Of business services that basically the, the model is we want to be so annoying that you pay us to go away. And like, like a lot of construction litigation is this way where an HOA, I think we've talked about it on past episodes, but an HOA is underfunded. Somebody comes to them and they say, we'll do a full assessment of your building and figure out from the guy who built the building to the guy who installed the windows, to the guy who did the stucco, the guy who put the roof on, the guy who did the HVAC. We'll just figure out what everybody did wrong like nine years ago, right before the statute of limitations ends. And let's just, let's just see, you know, let's see how much money we can get you. And it's wild. There's a project going on in Columbia. It's like $4 million worth of window replacement on a big HOA condo. And it was all like the guy who built the building got sued. Those types of businesses, I, I feel like it's an uphill battle, right? Because nobody really likes you except the people on the, the receiving end, the HOA. But everybody you do business with is just knows that you're reaching into their pocket. Yeah. This, I can't really tell. So it says they, it's an exceptional insurance claims recovery services enterprise. That is so many words, but that makes me think that they are collecting money, right? They're in a way it's a, it's like debt collection, right? They're trying to actually collect money, but it's insurance claims recovery. Anything that's insurance adjacent, it, it can be very, very interesting. So like there's third party companies that all they do is they go and do like workers comp audits, right? So they mentioned workers comp in here, and I don't, I don't think this is what this company does. But whenever a company fills out their workers comp, they say, "Hey, we have 100 employees. You know, 20 of them are in the field, and 80 of them sit at desks. And so you should rate our workers comp based on the risk associated with that." Well, there's people who come by and check and say, "Do you actually have 80 people who are sitting at desks, or do you have 80 people who are up on a roof? You know, who can get hurt, and and you're not paying the right amount for your workers comp?" I'm not really sure because they mention in-house legal. They used to have in-house sales, but they don't anymore. There's only 10 employees. You know, if you're a claims collection company and if you're like doing debt collection or like, you know, that they call it different things now, it's like, you know, uh, recovery or um, there's like a, a, I'm missing a word out there that, that typically I see these things get called, but um, you're basically a call center. So this doesn't really add up to me as being that uh, I'm not, I'm not totally sure what they do. So, yeah, so it sounds like, here's my guess. Here's my best guess reading this. My best guess is, you know, your typical insurance kind of shakedown legal operation is churning and burning consumers, right? Because you're waiting on Joe to get hit by a company truck. Joe says, oh, I can get $50,000 the easy way. He calls up XYZ law firm. Law firm takes it on contingency. We'll keep 50% of the money. You keep 50% of the money of whatever we get from you. Congratulations. Um, by the way, humorous anecdote, I have a buddy that's a lawyer and uh, he said one time he called his other friend who is one of these like uh, one of these kind of personal injury attorney guys and the guy's like, okay, well, like tell me, you know, you, you potentially have a case on this. Tell me what it's about. And he goes, wait, wait, before you start talking, this, this is a personal injury attorney. He goes, did anybody die? And uh, my friend goes, no, no, nobody died in this case. He's like, okay, not interested. 
Wow. <laughs> that was the response. Like, these guys are scumbags, dude. Like, total scumbags. Um, and I, I mean, it's funny. Like, they think they're helping people, but it's like, dude, you're keeping 50% of the money from some poor person who got hit by a truck. Like, at what point is that helping people? Anyway. Yeah. So I think that's the way those guys operate, like the, these lawyers. I think they operate towards consumers. Um, I think this actually, because they talk about having re- retained clients and referrals, I think they're doing this for businesses. I think like if a business wants to get a claim from another business, they call these guys and they pursue it on their behalf and they take a percentage of the the winnings or the earnings or the settlement. Um, because that's, I think they also hint here that they need a capital partner because somebody has to front all the money for you to pursue these legal firms, legal things. And that's that's the thing that, you know, the, the investment that these law firms make is they go run and take all the expenses ahead of time and then they only get paid later. So their cash flow dynamics kind of suck. So I think that's what this is. I think it is that equivalent of the personal injury law, but I think it's for business. Mm-hmm. I, I like, there's something in here that's intriguing to me and it's that they are not really telling you what they do. And they say, you know, sign the NDA, you get the SIM. It was created by ProNova partners and will cover in greater detail the lines of business that the client is presently involved in. The insurance world is so fascinating because it can be so sticky. It's highly regulated at the state level, but it can be so sticky. So like uh, I dealt with somebody years ago that um, all they did was medical tourism insurance. So, uh, you know, if you need to have a procedure done, uh, your insurance company sometimes will say, Hey, look, we can do this procedure in the United States and it might cost $30,000 or you can go to Costa Rica. We'll fly you and a friend first class. You can stay for a week. And instead of it costing $30,000, it only costs the insurance company $7,000. It was this fascinating line of insurance and there's not that many carriers who do it. And, you know, it's not a huge, like total addressable market. So there's not a lot of people crowding into it. But there's so many unique slivers that I'm really curious what they do. And I think they probably aren't saying it because of how specific and how niche it might actually be. I don't, I don't think right. they're writing insurance policies. They're not a broker or a carrier. But I'm wondering if it's so specific and so niche that they, like, if they said any more, people would be like, oh, like, uh, we, you know, we can figure out who it is or something like that. So let me give you a contrarian Occam's razor view of mm-hmm. what you just, you gave them a ton of credit. I will give, here's the other part of it. I think this is just a badly written teaser. It <laughs> I think is. It's just it terrible. Is. <laughs> I'm trying uh, to see if they, if they drop any other hints in this, like in the facilities, <laughs> they basically talk about how, you know, uh, the company could save more money by going fully virtual my guess is that like, you know, if I'm assuming the worst, the uh, the pro forma, you know, is going to have some ad back for, you know, look at what you can do if you take the company virtual. It's like, well, I'm not paying you for that. You know, <laughs> the other thing I love about this is I guarantee a million percent when you call the broker and have a conversation with them, you will get the most New Jersey person ever <laughs> on the phone. Like, look at the way they wrote this TBA. Yeah. If the price and deal structure is right, will allow financing. And then this is the next sentence. Best best. overall bid takes it down. Like, what is this like Fifth (laughs) Avenue? What is going on here? Like, who writes that way? Um, But look, I so that's why I was like, look, I think you're giving them too much credit. Yeah. Like, I think this is just like a lot of times the brokerage business attracts people who don't write so good. (laughs) I think that's what this is. I think you're right. Well, and, you know, they to to give them a little bit of credit, you know, they, they don't have an asking price on here because 
I got to think that, you know, on this kind of 850, I mean, those are ridiculously high margins, you know, yeah. on, on, you're talking about like 40% net margins here. My guess is, you know, that this business probably sells for like one times, you know, true free cash flow um, because it seems so. Maybe it's owner reliant. Maybe it's just like a, not a very sustainable and durable, you know, revenue stream. And I, I feel so sure that this business has been in massive, you know, revenue decline when you look back at the, you know, the last three to five years. Yeah, I bet it's that way. But look, I think from a meta game standpoint, like you think about listings that you might want to dig into more, like these guys basically say, TBA in terms of financing, if the price and deal structure is right. Like this is one where it looks like the owners have been making a lot of cash for a long time. Like the business has been like a metronome and they're in a situation where you could go in there and be like, look, here's, you know, I'll give you a small amount down three quarters of a year earnings or half a year earnings. And, uh, and then we're going to structure the hell out of this going forward and I'll cut you in. And then over time I own the whole business. Um, that is a great, a great sign here. And I think when you look at, when I see a listing come in and it's like really well written and like the broker has their act together mm-hmm. and like, it looks like it's like, it explains how good they, they talk to the, say all the right stuff to the buyer. It's like, Oh God, this is going to sell for top dollar. But you see something like this, you're like, Oh, this is kind of hard to understand. The broker is talking about how it might be hard to transact. Like there's probably an opportunity to pick up like some value here just by doing a little bit extra work. So I like that aspect of it a lot. The other side of that is that this broker is going to be very difficult to deal with. My guess 100%. is, you know, and like, yes, there's some hair on it and that can be an opportunity, but the path to close is just going to be total brain damage for you. <laughs> you may get it cheap, but you're going to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the yes. way I like to talk to people. Um, but look, I think at the core, the business they talk about here, this is a good business. This is not going anywhere. Like it's a growing space. Like insurance is not going anywhere. Tort is not going anywhere. People hurting themselves is not going anywhere. You know, this business grows as this grows with inflation, right? Like people's wages grow, all that stuff grows. Your settlements grow, insurance payments grow. Like there's a lot to really like about it. And then the best thing I like about it, and these are very law firmy kind of margins, right? Like I'm running a small law firm, we're doing two million in revenue, and I'm putting half of it in my pocket. Like, yeah. hell yeah. Like sign mm-hmm. me up. Sign me up for that. I mean, really, I think their only, you know, their only cost structure is is just payroll, you know, and yeah. rent. Um, it doesn't seem like they're doing, you know, they're they're not doing anything other than kind of pushing paper for lack of a better, you know, for lack of a better term. You're missing the high depreciation here. Uh, the, they're <laughs> depreciating three staplers a year. Mills. It's very important. It's a big number. Sorry. I just, Sorry. I'm so Business nerd joke. I'll keep it what to myself. They actually do. You know, I, I would love to just know more about what they're actually doing and the way that the process works because, you know, these types of businesses probably don't, you know, they're chalking up like, Hey, hire salespeople, you know, do more than just word of mouth and we can, you know, market and all these kind of things. I don't think this business really probably grows all that much. Um, I think the path towards growth is very, very difficult to see. Um, it's just hard to tell. Uh, so I did look up who sent us this deal. It's one of our listeners, by the way, send us deals that you think are interesting 
because guess how we chose this deal today? We looked up and it was the first, I was like, hey, a listener sent us a deal. And I opened it up and we said, that looks good. Let's do an episode on it. So it totally worked. Uh, But actually, it's funny. This was sent to us from a Twitter follower uh, who is, their handle is that they're in New York City. And uh, and it's this won't end well is their screen name, <laughs> so kind of foreboding. Um, but dude, like I, I mean, I I agree with the listener. Like I would double click on this. Like there's something here. Like I don't hate it. And if you're willing to do a little bit of doing a little, have work, you ever dealt with any something. of these like insurance adjacent? Like we talked about uh, one deal early on that was I think home staging. And it was kind of real estate transaction adjacent, you know, and I think the comment I remember Bill making on that is like, anytime you can be like rubbing shoulders with a really big, you know, dollar amount transaction, it's easy. You know, if you're selling a million dollar home and you're going to pay $8,000 to stage the house, you know, it's, right. it's kind of, you know, it's a blip on the radar because you got to get the house sold. To me, this, you know, this kind of is in the same camp where it's, it's a sticky repeat reoccurring, like, Everybody has to have workers comp. Let's just say they're doing some workers comp. Everybody has to have workers comp. It's regulated. It's mandated. It's not going anywhere. If anything, it's going to get more complicated and more expensive. And then you, you know, you slot in next to that thing and you kind of leech off of it is what it, you know, what it maybe seems like, but it's, it's durable. It's not going anywhere unless, right. There's some regulatory risk, um, like, in, in the debt collection space, you know, there's so many consumer protection, you know, uh, regulations that have gone into, into place and probably will continue to go into place, you know, so that you can't be hounded by debt collectors and, you know, abused and stuff like that. But I like, I like the insurance adjacent piece of this because of how steady it, it can be. I like the business. I hope somebody goes to look at it. The compliance with these things is always what's what's really kind of a, a double-edged sword. It keeps some people out. I was talking to a guy the other day who's an independent salesperson for uh, Medicare and Medicaid, and uh, they just passed down some regulation that um, he has to. It's it's like independent. You know, he's he's making one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year doing this, and it's like very reoccurring in nature. Uh, but the federal government has now told him that he has to keep a record of all client communication, phone calls, texts, emails, everything for 10 years, audio wow. recordings of the calls. And he's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not set up to do this. This is like going to absolutely kill my business. Cause I don't, I don't know how to put a CRM in place to track all these things and, and the compliance burden associated with it. Anything, anything like this, you got to know that you're getting into a highly regulated, you know, highly compliance driven, segment of the market. It's, it's very different than like, you know, selling stuff on, on Amazon or something like that. Not, not that I'm saying that's easy. Um, but it, it, it's the one thing that would scare me about this. Yeah. I don't know. It, this brokerage is hilarious too. I just pulled it up and I was like, wow, this, I, I'm, I pulled it up hoping there would be like some guy with like his shirt, like down in a V with like chest hair, <laughs> you know, and some gold chains being the broker. And it turns out it's like mostly a California brokerage. Pro Nova Partners, and then they have different offices around around the country. So I guess this is coming out of their Connecticut office, 16 Warren Street, Manchester, Canada, or uh, Connecticut. Uh, but yeah, so based out of Garden Grove, California, West LA, San Diego, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Florida, kind of all the hotspots where they have a brokerage. Um, so yeah, kind of a, just another, another business broker. I guess they're in Orange County here, down Santa Ana way. So kudos to them. Um, well, this is a good deal from our from our listener. 
definitely. I like it. I mean, I think the lesson for me to learn from this one is a, I still like low CapEx businesses much better than high CapEx businesses. Speaking to the choir here. And uh, number two, like badly written, written listings present some opportunity. And I think that's, you know, if you're, if you're trying to, trying to find some value or something interesting, that's a good place to kind of, a good lens to kind of look at stuff and consider it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the like parting thought I have on this is that, you know, we, we talk about this a lot, but the, you know, why am I the lucky one? And yeah. this is one where you kind of wonder why hasn't somebody else that, you know, is already doing this or is already doing something up or down market from it. Why aren't, why aren't they buying this? Why haven't they already bought it? Um, just cause you know, I mean, you, you, you're, if you're an insider in something, Michael, whether it's like the fireworks stuff that you do or more of the, the kind of early stage stuff that you're involved in as an insider, you just get early looks at so many things yeah. by the time something hits the market, you know, or hits the street, so to speak, like you've already passed on it you know, and, and anybody else who, you know, knows what they're doing is already passed on it. And so it, like, that's the skeptic in me whenever, you know, whenever I see something like this. Um, and I mean, you could say that about any potential acquisition, any potential business for sale, but you got to kind of look at it realistically and not just with rose colored glasses. Or if you mean just YOLO into it and then figure it out later. <laughs> <laughs> Super good. All right. Well, this is a great one from a listener. I think we I think we did a great job on it. I give us maybe eleven out of ten or twelve out of ten today. <laughs> we don't have Bill, so you know I, I, I'll I'll say I'll say only ten out of ten without him. Yeah, right on. All right, man. Well, I will click uh, stop here. If you have made it this far, thanks for being here. Uh, we will see you next week and do us a favor, open up and open up your app and write us a review. We've only had like 50 reviews in the last week, Mills. So it's kind of disappointing. Actually, I don't think we've had one in a week or two, <laughs> but we really need, uh, we really could use some more reviews. If you guys are interested and we're continuing to do these case studies and, and inspections of businesses for sale and talk about them. So um, good stuff. And thanks for being here. We'll see you next week.